Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. The beginning of what? She held out her long arm and motioned with her fingers. Come closer and we will show you. I was confident that what would follow would be me getting devoured, just like that body that she'd been chewing on earlier. That awful sound of teeth breaking through bone. All I could do was hope that I was wrong. I stepped forward. She grinned. It was now apparent just how tall this abomination was. She towered over me. My head wasn't even at her waist. She leaned down put her face's inches from mine. I could smell the metallic odor of blood coming from her previous meal. Her eyes were large white saucers. Witness us, she said, and all the candles went out simultaneously, plunging the cavern into complete darkness. Now, what comes next, it might be hard to believe, or maybe it won't be considering all I'd already gone through. I was not told a story by this thing, but instead, given memories, knowledge of the past. This is what I learned. In Scandinavia, many centuries ago, there were people who practiced witchcraft, both men and women. At first, they were celebrated for their ability to heal others, but it didn't take long though for these witches and warlocks to develop a taste for more sinister practices. Evil had permeated their souls, and at night, they became entities known as the Mare. Their souls would take on a, a hideous physical form, and they'd wander from person to person, giving them nightmares, hence the name. Sometimes the nightmares were so awful, people died from them. Before long, the Scandinavian people started accusing the witches and warlocks, and rightfully so, but unbeknownst to them, the mayor had supporters. These were people who embraced the darkness and whose loyalty to the mayor was rewarded through special healing and such. One night, with the assistance of their supporters, 
The mare snuck onto a boat and sailed away from Scandinavia, never to return. Meanwhile, the followers stayed behind, hoping to convert more followers and one day reunite with the mare. Years went by and the mare loyalists remained small in number. They married amongst each other and following the Norman conquest settled in what eventually became known as Mundyville, Normandy. Several generations passed and the belief in the mare began to fade, but one family remained persistent in their faith. This family eventually moved to England and adopted the surname Mundy. In 1587, the Mundys sailed from England to North Carolina and joined the infamous Roanoke colony. Hundreds of years prior, the mare had landed in Canada and traveled south along the eastern coastline before they too settled in the Carolinas. But Scandinavia was not the only place in the world in which folktale rang true. There was something more terrifying lurking in the wilds of North America, the Wendigo. This was a creature the natives feared immensely. It was a giant, human-like monstrosity that feasted on people. But it also had an evil air about it, and that energy was a virus to those who were around it for too long. It would drive people to commit horrible sins. Greed, cannibalism, murder, just to name a few... The Wendigo had a lifespan far longer than the mare, or at least the actual human part of the mare. Evil attracts evil, I reckon, and as a result, the two found each other and merged. The mare possessed the Wendigo, making the beast more nightmarish than it already was. The evil qualities of both remained alive in this one creature. The Mundys were still firm believers in the mare, but practiced their worship in secrecy. There was no question in their minds that the mare existed. They'd always seen the extra shadows following their own. And in North Carolina, they were reunited. The colonists were asleep when the mare arrived in their Wendigo skin, creeping through the night and bringing an extra chill to the air. The Mundys felt the presence of their masters and woke everybody else. For the others... Intense nightmares shook them out of their bed. One fella had gotten so terrified that he nearly wet himself. He quickly stumbled outside to relieve his bladder and, while doing so, saw the Mundys knelt by the woods, staring towards the trees. They looked as if they were praising the woods itself. Then all of a sudden, a tree moved. But it wasn't a tree. As the colonists' eyes adjusted... He could see coming out of the woods the 15-foot Wendigo with her gangly limbs and saucer eyes. He tried to warn the others, but it was ultimately useless. The Roanoke colonists were taken to the mountain, leaving behind the mystery of the lost colony that still stumps historians even today. I imagine the folks studying it ain't ever considered that ungodly scenario. The past up to that point was now ingrained in my memory, but there was more. The plans for the future. To cast the world into chaos of the Wendigo and create an eternal nightmare. There in the mountains, but not just here in Appalachia, across the entire world. And it's in this mountain that, apparently, it begins. This is where the mare creates more mare. They're out there already, living amongst all of you, convincing the morally corrupt to follow them. 
and when the time comes, they will go to the mountains where the Wendigo wait with an insatiable hunger. When I snapped back to reality, I could see that the Wendigo was hunched over again, eating another meal. I carefully crept out of the lair and back out the way that I came in. Sarah was waiting for me. Her face showed that same emotionless expression. Now you know, she said. Why am I still alive? You're protected. That ain't what my dad says. He's not protected. Then why the heck am I? Sarah's face changed. The first sign of emotion that I'd seen on her yet. She was smirking. You are a Mundy. I ain't one of you. Not by name, began Sarah, but you are by blood. What? But how? Sarah didn't seem interested in going into detail. She stared at me a moment through her cloudy old eyes and then reluctantly explained. She told me that long ago, when she was still young, she had a sister named Charlotte, who had gotten it in her head that she wanted off the mountain. She wasn't like the rest of the Mundys. She lacked the darkness that they had in them. In 1888, Charlotte gave birth to a daughter. It wasn't a planned pregnancy, on account that she wasn't married, but she loved the child regardless. This baby wasn't the product of incest either. Charlotte wasn't into that kind of thing. Now, I'd heard stories of the Mundy sister that got killed by a jealous lover, but... What I'd come to find out from Sarah is a truth much more disturbing. In 1889, Charlotte decided that she'd had enough. She was going to take her daughter and flee the mountain, but there's a catch. Mundys still have to pay the fee to leave. It's the only time Mundys ever have to pay a fee. Because of their close relationship with the mayor, they are given special treatment, but they're still bound by their promise to serve. For a Monday, the price to leave is two of their children, no exceptions. Charlotte chose not to obey that command, and as a result, it was not a jealous lover that murdered her. It was her siblings. Their loyalty to the mayor superseded whatever they had for their sister. The father of Charlotte's child wasn't present that first year of her life. Maybe he was frightened by the fact that the child was a Monday. But whatever the case, he had a change of heart after Charlotte's death. He'd gone up to the Mundy house one day with an orphan. A trade. The orphan for his daughter. Now, the Mundys weren't planning on harming Charlotte's child. After all, Mundy blood is protected, assuming you obey the rules. But they recognized that the father has a right to his child, and they accepted the trade. I ain't sure what happened to the orphan... But fast forward 20 years and Charlotte's daughter has a child of her own, a boy. They live a mostly quiet life and in 1935, the boy becomes a father. His child is my grandfather. And almost 30 years later, my mother is born. Does my mother know? I asked. Sarah began walking away. You'll have to ask her. She was heading back towards the way that we came in, so I went ahead and followed her. 
We passed cage after cage, body after body. It seemed the state of mind of these prisoners was so bad that they'd even been killing each other. My dad's coming with me. I hollered up ahead to Sarah. She didn't respond. You hear me? I said. I paused. We were near the cage that my dad had been locked in, but he was no longer in it. My stomach dropped. I quickly ran to the wagon near the stone table that I'd seen the prisoner get beheaded earlier. His executions were still there. I looked at the pile of naked, headless corpses, my heart racing. Please, please don't be in there, I thought to myself. My dad had gotten a tattoo when I was a kid. It was a small one on his upper arm. Most people didn't know about it. It was our last name and... We often joked that he got it in case he forgot who he was. One of them bodies had that tattoo. There was no mistaking who it was. These animals had cut off his head and thrown him into the wagon with the others, ready to be served up as a meal to this thing. I'd known that what my dad slipped into my pocket earlier was a knife. I could tell by the size and the weight. He'd hid it in his boot before we left the house. It wasn't much by any means, just a regular pocket knife, but it was going to be enough. I didn't feel the unshackled fingernails digging into my neck as I stabbed him repeatedly. I didn't feel my finger break as he tried to push my hand away. All I felt was rage, blinding rage. They must have known that I was a Monday because ain't one of them tried to pick up that axe that they'd been cutting heads off with. I guess because of who I was, they didn't want to kill me. But I didn't care. They killed the man that I loved most in the world, and that was unforgivable. Stabbings ain't like you see in the movies, let me tell you. It ain't quick and easy. What happens is they drain out, they bleed to death. When I finished with one, I turned to the next. He had been the reaper to so many in here. He was likely just another child taken long ago, but he was now a man. He'd grown up in hell. Maybe he was pure once, a light that had been snuffed out. But now, now he was just another monster. He'd hesitated, almost made a run for it. But I caught him and I did him in like the other. The two unshackled weren't dead when I walked over to the wagon and lifted out my dad's body. One of them stared with wide, fearless eyes his chest rising and falling. He was growing paler and I reckon that he didn't have long until he bled out. I lifted my dad's body from the pile and set him down. Then I grabbed the dying unshackled and dragged him to the wagon and dumped him in it. The other one gripped my wrist as I dragged him. He was too weak to do anything at that point. I pulled his hands off of me and dropped him into the pile. The Wendigo... It can have them. It was then that I noticed, though, that a key had fallen out of the pocket of one. I reached down and picked it up inconspicuously. I stumbled over to the cage and I unlocked it. Move, I said to the prisoners. They parted and I saw my dad's head sitting in the dirt. I began to feel pain. Not from the injuries that I'd gotten in the fight, but in my chest. A broken heart, I suppose. My arms trembled as I picked up his head. I turned to leave and huddled by the gate were the Keller boys. They'd been through a lot. I could see it on their faces. 
Heck, I'm sure that they saw it on mine too. They didn't speak, but maybe I looked like another nightmare at that moment. I walked out that gate with my teeth gritted. The shackled prisoner that had been strapping people down rattled on over and locked the cage back up, still loyal even though he was chained. Sarah never said anything throughout, never sent Bubba or anyone else to stop me. She just stood there without emotion. He ain't staying down here, I said. Sarah told Bubba to grab the body. No, I pushed Bubba out of the way. You don't touch him. Dad's backpack was nearby and I placed his head inside. I put his body over my shoulder and I carried all of him as I climbed back to the surface. It wasn't easy. It took quite a bit longer going up than it did coming down, but at least he ain't in that hell anymore. I finished burying him after sunrise. One day, I'll find him a better place to rest. A place where clear skies and singing birds ain't so misleading. I went inside and washed the blood off my face. The cuts on my face and neck stung. My finger was broken and I did what I could to, to fix it up. I took a moment to catch my breath and then... I called my mom. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hey there, bud. It wasn't my mum's voice on the other end. It was her brother. Uh, Uncle Billy? Your mum is okay. She called me from the church and told me what was going on. Said that she still saw the shadow, so I went and got her and brought her back to my place. She's been up all night worrying about you and your dad. I've always been close to my Uncle Billy. He's a hard-working man who taught me a lot of handy skills I'd been able to utilize in most of my jobs. 
Knowing now that he paid the fee sours the admiration a bit, but so did everyone else. There ain't any saints out here. The best you can hope for is a remorseful sinner. Y'all okay? He added. I need to talk to mum. I ain't gonna wake her up right now. She needs to rest. Come on over and you can talk to her when she wakes up. I just learned that my mum and I are Mundy, so Uncle Billy had to be a Mundy too. I'd figured that maybe talking to the two of them would increase my chances of receiving an honest answer, so I hopped in my truck and I headed to his house. When he answered the door, he saw the marks from the scuffle earlier that morning. Boy, what the heck happened in there? And where's your dad? I couldn't hold it in anymore. I broke down in tears. My uncle took me in his arms and I told him what had happened to my dad. He led me inside and had his wife fix me a cold drink. I sat on the sofa and told him the rest of the story. Then I told him what I had learned. I figured that I'd try to get the truth out of him first. Yeah, Sarah said that mum's a Mundy. Uncle Billy sat up straight in his seat and inhaled like he'd been figured out. Well then, I reckon there ain't no point in lying, huh? He said. But we didn't know about us being Mundys when we was kids. Heck, I bet your mama still don't know. This was a major relief to me if true. I hated the thought of my mum keeping it secret from us all this time. But when I got older and moved into this here house, Uncle Billy continued... I took up a kid to the Monday place to pay the fee. Now, you know I bought this land before marrying, so it was just me at the time. I didn't have any children, so I did what many people do. I bought some kid. I squirmed in my seat a bit. It made me uncomfortable hearing about the sick alternative again, but I reckon it's just about the only option for someone who don't have the stomach to give up his own kid. Other than, well, self-deletion. Uncle Billy put out his hands. I know, I know. And for the record, I wouldn't have given away my own child. Uncle Billy turned to his daughter, my cousin Sadie, and winked. She responded with a high-pitched, love you, daddy. That was the nails on a chalkboard. She's kin, but I'd always found her childlike and sort of annoying. And I was also just discovering that she knew about the fee. I would never have figured that... She'd be one not to spill the beans, to be honest. So, anyway, Uncle Billy continued. I spoke to Sarah and told her, I got this here kid. I want to pay my fee and be done with it. And then she told me not to worry. I didn't have to pay a fee. I said, excuse me, and she said, Mondays don't pay. Uncle Billy leaned back and chuckled. You can imagine my surprise. A Monday? My word, I ain't ever expected that one. I wasn't laughing. There wasn't anything funny about it. I was starting to get an uneasy feeling, in fact. What did you do with that kid, then? I asked. Oh, uh, Uncle Billy held up a hand as he finished taking a sip of his sweet tea. I donated him. The bad feeling had now boiled over. I stood up and crossed over to the closed guest room door and opened it. My mum wasn't inside. Where is she? I was panicking. I'd always trusted Uncle Billy. This seemed really out of character for him. 
And get this, I come to find out later that your aunt here is a Mundy too. I married Kin. Ain't that weird? Where is my mum? I said. Billy, I'm not going to call him my uncle anymore, came over and blocked me in the hallway. You know, a loyal Mundy can become a mayor, right? Prove your worth and they'll give you a promotion. Pass on their abilities. Billy grinned. My girls and I, we're going to be mayors, ain't we girls? His wife, Georgia, and Sadie were standing behind him. Georgia was rubbing his arm up and down, keeping a glare on me the whole time. You tell me where she is, damn it! My fists were closed tight. I'd been through hell at this point, and my patience had worn thin. She's alive, but if you want to see her, you're going to have to do us a favor. I had no interest in doing any favors, but I reluctantly listened for my mum's sake. I need you to go find your daddy's mama and bring her to me. She's dead. I ain't talking about that woman who raised him. I mean his real mama, the one with the native blood. I don't know where she is. I ain't ever even met her. Which was true. She left when my dad was just a baby. I had heard stories about her being half Cherokee and crazy as all get out. I was told that we were better off without her in our life. Well, you better go and find her then, said Billy. Why do you want her anyway? That grandmother of yours? She's the only one that ever got away without paying the fee. The mayor would be awfully happy to have her back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Finding my grandmother, it wasn't easy. I didn't have a lot of people that I could ask. My dad has several half-siblings, but he was the oldest, and the only one with a different mother. My grandfather, he ain't alive anymore too, so I couldn't go to him. The only option that I could think of was to ask other Cherokee Indians if they'd had any idea where she was. So, I left the mountain in search of her. Now, we can leave the mountain temporarily, as I said before, we'd been on vacations, but there's that extra shadow. I ain't ever noticed until now, too, because I guess I was just a kid before. I had no interest in my shadow at that time, but sure enough, once I left town, there it was. A shadow ain't always present, of course, but at least not that you can see. But if the lights hit you just right, you'll see it. I'd driven up to Cherokee. It might sound a bit too obvious that Cherokee live in Cherokee, but it's a small town on reservation land. There's a sort of stereotype that natives are wise, I guess. Like they sit around wearing feathers and smoking a peace pipe, sharing allegorical tales that will set you right better than any doctor ever could. But the truth is that they're flawed people like the rest of us. Although, maybe not as bad as the folks on the mountain. However, some ain't strayed from who they are. They stuck to their tradition and ain't let the modern world muddy their minds up. 
My grandmother's name is Liza. I at least knew that. Her father was Cherokee and her mother was some sort of European, I guess. I didn't have much to go off. I'd asked maybe a hundred natives if they knew her, but most didn't. Some saw my extra shadow and they beat feet, but I'd finally stumbled upon a, a man who did. He was older, probably close to her age if I had to guess. He looked like a traditionalist based on how he was dressed and looked. He was sitting on a park bench. He spoke to me first, asked me if I lived on my own. I reckon that that would have been an odd way to start a conversation if you didn't know the truth about the mountain. No, I, I live with my parents, I said. I know dad ain't alive anymore, but excluding him from the household, it just didn't feel right. You know, I know a woman who could get rid of that extra shadow. Sounds like the lady I'm looking for. What's her name? Liza. He showed me on a map where she was located. She was outside of town living in the woods in some old house. He told me to be careful that she wasn't too fond of unexpected visitors. I thanked him and started heading back to my truck. Hey, uh, tell your grandmother I said hello. I turned around to ask him how he knew who I was and he'd already started walking off in the other direction. But I'm still not sure how he knew. The woods were thick and I'd almost missed the road to her house. It was a narrow dirt road that ran off a separate dirt road. It was long and winding and I didn't see any signs or a mailbox on my way up. I finally pulled up to a single-story cabin with a large front porch. Smoke was coming out of the chimney. I got out of the truck quietly. I didn't slam the door on the old Ford like I usually do. And then... I felt something jab me in my upper back. Don't move. It was a man's voice. He had a gun on me. I raised my arms above my head. I don't mean no trouble, I said. I'm just looking for Liza. He pushed the gun harder into my back. What's your business with Liza? He asked. Suddenly, the cabin door opened and an older woman stepped onto the porch. She wasn't hunched over and frail like Sarah. She looked younger and much healthier. Her hair was long but tied up and she had native jewelry on, but her clothes were regular, a western shirt and jeans. Let him go. The man eased the barrel off my back. Can I help you? The woman asked. Are you... Are you Liza? I am. I'm your grandson. She was a bit hesitant at first, but Liza soon recognized features on my face that she remembered from my grandfather's. She invited me inside. This is Diwali, she said, introducing me to the native man who had been holding the gun on me. He's a cousin. Diwali nodded. He appeared to be a little older than me and looked like a Cherokee warrior in modern clothes. He had a braided mohawk and tribal tattoos on his arms. He was lean, but he looked powerful, the type you didn't want to hold eye contact with too long. I reckon Diwali means warrior or something cool like that, huh? I asked. It means bowl, Diwali replied straight-faced. Oh, uh, neat. We call him Wally, Liza added. And what did your daddy name you? Well, uh, I think my mum and him figured it out together. 
Mason. That's... that's the name of a stonewalker. I... I didn't pick it. I suppose it's better than Bowl. Sorry, Wally. Wally shrugged and continued carving on a piece of wood with a pocket knife. So, how is your father? Liza asked. I looked at the floor, trying to summon up the strength to say just two words. Uh, he's dead. Liza didn't respond immediately. She just sat there, looking disappointed more than pained. How, how'd he die? She finally asked. He got killed inside the mountain. Oh, I'm really sorry. It was strange, his mother apologizing to me, but I reckon she never really knew him. So, I hear you guys can get rid of this extra shadow, I said, trying to change the subject. It's already gone. What? Walk over to the lamp, look for yourself. I got up and waved my hand over to the lamp. Only one shadow, my own. But how did you get rid of... Liza pointed to the various dream catchers hanging around the house. I thought that those were just decorations, I said. The ones you buy in some gift shop might be, they're not blessed. They often aren't even made with tribal hands. But these, these are genuine. But why do they get rid of the shadows? Dream catchers were made to protect people from nightmares. The mayor, Liza nodded. Yep. So, is the shadow gone completely? Am I free? Well, the dream catchers don't catch anything, despite what the name would have you believe. They're more of a, a repellent. Then, what do I do when I leave? Liza reached into a drawer and handed me a leather string with a small dream catcher hanging from it. Wear this around your neck, she said. I put it on and couldn't help but grin. Really? It's that easy? Liza leaned back in her seat and crossed her legs. Anything else? I took a breath and decided to come clean. <sighs> Listen, my mum's brother wants to become a mayor. He's taken my mum and said that he won't let me see her unless I bring you to him. Wally stopped carving the wood and turned his focus to the conversation. Ah, so he wants to give me to the mayor asked Liza. I nodded. Liza leaned forward. Well then, let's pay him a visit. The straight-faced Wally looked at her and gave the faintest of smiles. Liza had sent Wally to prepare and pulled me aside. Mason, what all do you know? About what? You only know about the mare and the Wendigo? Well, I also know I'm a Mundy, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the others. What others? Well, I suppose you don't have the others on your mountain. At least not yet. What others? Liza looked me in the eyes. This country used to be mostly empty land. You know that, right? I nodded. People came in and built cities. Kept making them bigger and bigger and what had previously roamed the land became confined to less and less space. Sounds like you're describing animals? Liza smiled. Well, them too, but I'm talking about the creatures of old. What creatures? You've heard about them. These are the legends of folklore, Mason. 
All those tales that you thought were just campfire stories, they're all true. They stay well hidden, but they're out there. And they want the land back. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.